Digital Podcast, your intrepid hosts cover the technology pioneers pushing the boundaries of online infrastructure and connectivity to shape the future of the very internet itself. But then Jeff Bezos canceled, so we're talking about furries banging in VR. And now here are the hosts who paid top dollar for their custom Sailor Moon avatars in VR chat. Alison Goldberg and Lindsay Ford. Friends, I'm Allie. And I'm Lindsay. And we are your hosts of Two Girls One Podcast, where we look at all kinds of internet communities and phenomena and trends. And we are so excited to be here today. As you may have heard from last week's episode, we have a new host, and I'm so excited because this is Lindsay's first interview. Friends, I'm doing it. She's doing it. And today is a wonderful day. Today, at the time of recording, is June 15th. It is the day LA reopens. And as Lindsay knows, because she's attending, I'm throwing an extravaganza called Everything. And it's featuring everything that we missed. That's the gimmick. It's just a little of everything. We've hidden Easter eggs around the venue. You can bring (laughs) a gift. There's a gift wrapping station. You can put it under the tree. We have all kinds of wild and wacky performers who have been on America's Got Talent. I'm hosting. Um, 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 we're going to celebrate birthdays and all of the holidays, and I'm so excited. And I just found out the LA Times is coming. You forgot the best part. What's There's the going best to part? be. I mean, not for me, because your yeah. girl's afraid of getting anything, but there's going to be a consensual kissing booth. There's going to be a kissing booth. There's also a treehouse in the venue, and there's a surprise in the treehouse. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, I realize that it will already have happened by the time listeners hear this, but I'm very excited about these shenanigans tonight, because I have been missing shenanigans. That's what I'm talking about. Lindsay, what shenanigans are you looking forward to now that we're allowed out? Obviously, the same shenanigans that everybody who's ever been on a dating app are into, which is traveling the world and having sex with strangers. Yeah! (laughs) Which one are you going to do first? You can also do both at the same time. (laughs) Well, I'm... I'm going to be traveling first, and it's in very wholesome ways. having sex with strangers while you travel, because you're traveling for the children. Yeah, I'm traveling with kids that don't belong to me yet. But Uh, there are other teachers there, other facilitators. (laughs) And I'm also... My, I was going to go to Italy in August, which you already know, but Italy's not looking like they're doing a great job at reopening. So... My dad and my mom and I are going to road trip uh, up and down the East Coast for my cousin's wedding. That is so cute. Matt's also here. Matt, uh, I know you're hey, kind of... Hey, thanks for uh, introducing <laughs> me. In I'm, I'm here, they, still here. <laughs> so sorry. The man in the room didn't get enough of a shot. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, okay, so Matt, <laughs> I don't know. How are your children? Are they still growing? They're growing and crying every day, and uh, you know every day, every day. Oh, every day. Well, one of them no. uh, anyway is uh, one of them. Okay, the oldest one is not crying every day. No, thank God. They are cuties. Thanks. It's weird. I I I watch your children on the social media, and I really How feel like a creeper. <laughs> and 
That well, is just the way you described disgusting. it sounded extra creepy, Allie. It's not. It's not weird. You're why are you watching them? That's not. That's not the right, way. Right, no, right. Normal people no. are like, oh hey, I like that post you did. No, but it's I was weird. Like, you know what I mean? Because it's like them. late at night. It's like 11 p.m. I'm in my bed, being like, I should put I my phone down. And instead, I'm on Instagram, and like, man has a story. And the next thing you know, I'm watching his kids. It's weird. You know, it's weird. <laughs> no, only when you do it. But, I, but only when I make it weird, and I have, and I will, and I do. Yeah. Well, My speaking God. of making things weird, I'm so excited for today's guest. We have covered furries in the past, episode one, in fact. And today we're diving back in, so to speak, because they are leading the way in some VR experiences, particularly yeah. pornographic ones. I wanted to say furries in space, but I mean, I guess that's not it. I, I guess furries in the VR space. Cyberspace. There we go. <gasps> that's it. Okay, let's redo this. Furries in cyberspace. Wait, do it. Give me a bigger one. Like, make it like a big um, announcement, like a sci- like a sci-fi TV show from the '60s, and I'll put like an echo on your voice. Okay. You've heard them in episode one, and you're going to hear them now. It's time for Furries in Cyberspace. Nice. That's going to sound <laughs> great when it's done. <laughs> I'm so excited. Yeah, Matt seems, I mean, Matt, you are cool, but Matt Baum seems really cool, and I cannot wait to hear everything he's going to tell us. Well, let's let's get into it. Matt, do you have trivia? Do you have Lindsay's oh, first trivia? This is Lindsay's first trivia. Lindsay, Buckle you up. better get it right. You're off the mm. show. Do you know the stakes? Uh-oh. Do you know do you um, know what happens here? No. If you get it wrong, you die. Yeah, you're dead. Yeah, I just thought that everybody just guessed. And then most well, I haven't heard either you or Jen ever get it right, so I guess don't <laughs> I don't really <laughs> Lindsay's good at trivia. Lindsay might really be turning the tables for All right, us. Here we go. Here we go. We're talking about sex on the internet today, and today's trivia is about perhaps the most the most famous sex ever to hit the internet. That oh. of course is Kim Kardashian's mm-hmm. sex mm-hmm. tape. Mm-hmm. How much money does Kim Kardashian make? every calendar year for her world-famous 2007 leaked sex tape. Now, a little bit of background that may help you out here. As a refresher, Kim K was relatively unknown when a private tape of her and R&B singer Ray Ray J, J. you know, leaked online. Uh, The original leaker was never identified, though there were lots of discussions about who who it was. Yeah. Uh, but the footage was somehow licensed uh, dubiously by the adult video company Vivid Entertainment as Kardashian was rising to prominence uh, with her e-show. I, I think this... Well, wait, as the I'm fact that under- it was licensed, doesn't that mean like the whole thing was planned and plotted? Uh, but there's, there's legal dispute about who owns or owned this 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 tape and that has bearing on on today's trivia uh, mm. my understanding i don't i don't follow this culture very very closely but like the paris hilton's and and lindsay lohan celebrity world was sort of on a decline and then e was ramping up its kardashian machine at this time 
So uh, Kardashian sued Vivid for the rights, <gasps> and that became a legal dispute. More than 10 years later, the video is still one of the most popular single porn videos on the internet, with more than 210 million views across platforms as of My 2017. God. That seems low, I'm going to be honest, but that's what? that's what I'm reading here. As a result of those legal battles, how much does Kim Kardashian rake in every year passive income from this one video? I have three choices. Get ready. Okay. A, $90,000 per year. B, $360,000 per year. Or C, $0 per year. <laughs> um, B. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to go a, because I hope it's A. <laughs> I like that reason! <laughs> because, you know, sexploitation sucks, but if you can make money off of someone trying to, you know, exploit you sexually, then hey, do it. And also, just in this little moment, I've learned more about the Kardashians than I ever wanted to know. <laughs> Same. <laughs> so I hope their their prominence is lessening and isn't growing or whatever. Guys, I started an OnlyFans. Now seems like a good time oh to tell god. you. Oh my god. Oh my god. Next week's trivia, how much is Allie making from her OnlyFans? A, $90,000. Okay. Shout out to my friends, Lauren and Chris, who are very integral. All right. So I decided if people are making money, why not me? I just feel like <laughs> so, okay. My handle is called, wait, I just made this. Have your cake and feed it too. And it's uh, going to be me. Why didn't you make stuff. it have your cake and feed it to me? <laughs> no, no, no. It's feet it too. Have your oh, cake and feed oh. it too. It's going to be all fun okay. content. Okay. Because if I can make money from the knee down, why wouldn't I make money from the mm -hmm. knee down? Mm -hmm. Seems mm -hmm. obvious. I also, it. I was kind of inspired by Allie Eve Knox, a former guest of ours. I saw her on the TV show Sex for Sale. And I was like, this is hilarious and amazing. And like, it felt kind of feminist to me because her take is like if people want to pay me to make videos i'm gonna make i don't know it's amazing i'm only doing the knee down and so i bought a bunch of uh knockoff like dollar store ho-hos and my <laughs> friends lauren and chris said they're they're both art directors they like set it up and i was at their house and then i rolled around some ho-hos with my feet and then i stepped on them and let the insides squish out and it was mm -hmm. like I would say not the most fun I've ever had, but it was up there. <laughs> I laughed until I cried. And um, I haven't been able to upload it yet because there's actually like a lot of security stuff and I keep failing it. I mean, to be honest, I haven't tried that hard. But now that I'm announcing it on the podcast, I guess I'll have to make sure that I get it uploaded this week. I yeah. think I'm going to charge a dollar and just see what happens. And if people <laughs> pay for it, I would love to just step on cakes. I just want to smash cake with my feet. And if someone wants to jerk off to that and pay Pay me a dollar. That's a great story. You know, I'm happy for them as well. I'm I'm also <laughs> very concerned about the listener who was like, what is the fucking answer to that trivia question? <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm thinking you're charging way too low. I think if you just throw it away for a dollar, people are going to be like, ah, this is stupid. But if you charge 15, they're going to be like, this is some premium ho-hos. No, no, no. But just for the first one, just and not only that, oh. I'm going to give like a 30-second clip for free so mm-hmm, people can mm-hmm, see when mm-hmm. they yeah. get it. Then there's you a three-minute clip. And then raise your prices. Yes, there's you, a three-minute clip, dollar. Just, just, I'm just testing the waters. Just testing the okay. waters. You know what I mean? Because apparently OnlyFans takes a lot of work. And let's be honest, this isn't actually what I want to do for my career. It's kind of for fun. So I'm going to start with a dollar, see what happens. You know what I mean? If I make, honestly, 15 bucks, Lauren, Chris, and I are going to make some more videos of me stepping on, I don't know, maybe Doritos will be next. Any food, really. I think How a lot much of cakes, you... though. Also, because I need to have your cake and feed it, too. Yeah. That's a good name. How mm-hmm. much are you giving to Lauren and Chris? What's I mean, honestly, like we just had so much fun it's doing this. You know, I think we'll we'll <laughs> see what happens if the money starts rolling in. Um, I'm thinking it would be great to put that money towards a shenanigans fund. And then it's like whenever me, Chris and Lauren want to do something crazy that day, we go to the foot fund. I love it. That's beautiful. Yeah. Anyway. Did I win the trivia? Mm-hmm. Uh, Lindsay <laughs> goes with A, 90. Allie goes with B, 360,000 a year. We will find out if that is the correct answer after this commercial break. As always, a very special sexy thanks to those of you who support our Patreon at the $10 or more level. That's patreon.com slash 2G1P. Thank you so much, Chris Harrison. Thank you, Jerry Duran. Jessica Fox. Melissa Elliott. James Dozier. Deborah Duberpants. Kathy Phillips. William. Matthew Scott. Wesley Cordell. Thank you so much. And you too can hear these melodious voices say your name on air if you visit patreon.com slash 2G1P. All right. What's the answer, Matt? All right. Was it A, 90,000 per year? That was Lindsay's pick. B, 360,000 per year. This is doing nothing, just letting the video (laughs) accumulate views. That was Allie's Mm -hmm. pick. Or zero. The correct answer is B, 360,000 per year. Allie gets it right. Uh, Not only did the sex tape accelerate the rise of the Kardashian empire, but it constantly feeds off of news of the celebrity. So whenever Kim gets married or divorced, or she appears in (laughs) magazines, or she gets robbed at gunpoint... The, the, the video views spike. She makes even more money. Uh, also, I will note that Ray J makes this is I think a lot of this is speculation based on the legal outcomes of the of the ownership rights or the licensing. But Ray J also makes the same amount of money. So we're wow. assuming <gasps> that they both make this money. Three hundred and sixty. Uh, if I had to wow. guess, I would say Kim probably makes more. But but that 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 is the baseline of what they both make based on so- information that is known. It's extra passive income on Ray J's part. He doesn't even have to get divorced. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. I just knew it had to be something that was like really frustratingly high that she could actually just sit back and make enough money from that till she dies. Totally. (laughs) Well, speaking of sexy stuff, I'm super excited for our guest. Our first episode with Jen, the very first episode ever of Two Girls, One Podcast was about furries. And I'm so excited that we're going to dive back into the furry wormhole with Lindsay's <laughs> first episode. So I'd like to introduce our guest, Matt Baum. He is a Seattle-based writer, podcaster, and video maker. Welcome. Hi, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited for the wormhole too. So as we know, the internet is for porn. 
Um, but it seems that furries have taken things to a new level. How is the furry community acting or interacting online and particularly in VR? Okay, I'm so excited to talk about this. So <laughs> I, I've written about furries pretty extensively at a number of different places, but one of my gigs is writing for The Stranger, uh, which is our alt-weekly newspaper here in Seattle. And I've kind of taken on the furry beat uh, in the last few years. I love that there is a furry beat. <laughs> oh, Let's yeah. just take a moment. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Very much. Very much. Uh, you know, it's 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 a furry job and somebody's got to do it. So I've been writing about whatever the fandom's up to. I've been writing about cons and, I don't know, like art and whatever's happening in, in the fandom that's fun and interesting and, and kooky and weird. Uh, I usually write about like pop culture stuff. So recently, oh, it was actually right after the election. Uh, I'm sure, do you all recall the incident with the Four Seasons Total Landscaping? Oh, yeah. Of course we do. You know, when you book something, you never know what you're going to get. But, you know, if the Trump administration is booking something for you, you really don't know what you're going to get. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was, uh, yeah, a del- delightfully unexpected turn of events right around that election uh, where they had a press conference in what seemed like the wrong place. And what caught my eye after that, after all the like internet exploded in brouhaha and everything, there was this one <laughs> furry who recreated the Four Seasons environment in virtual reality and there's this video of all these furries just like running around uh having a great time laughing joking enjoying themselves in that parking lot garage area and i was like (laughs) oh my gosh this is amazing this is so weird what's going on so i interviewed the guy who created that his name's cooper tom and he's a cat and uh so he actually (laughs) took me on a tour he brought me into this virtual reality space that he created and started showing me around i met some other folks Uh, i started talking to them about what they're doing in vr and a lot of folks are doing a lot of different things and there's one community actually quite a few communities but there's a community that i connected with who is using it for sex and doing really exciting, cutting-edge, adventurous stuff. Basically uh, making the most of their time in quarantine by inventing new ways to experience physical pleasure from very vast distances and in the most creative corners of their imaginations. So that's, that's kind of the, that's the short version. Some people learn to bake and others learn to fuck in VR. Yes, exactly. I have a couple of questions about like basically how online furry communities find each other. Are you a part of any online furry communities? What was your first one and and how have those communities changed? All right. I'm going to take you back to 1999. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) I want to say I was in college and one of my friends uh, was looking, was on a friend's computer and was going to finalfantasy.com or some website like that and started to type it, typed like, got as far as the letter F and the autocomplete that <laughs> popped up was like furry.com or might have been fur affinity, although I don't think that existed then. Anyway, something furry <laughs> popped up in the autocomplete and we were like, what on earth is this? And that kind of led us down the down the rabbit hole into what was then the the, the furry fandom, the late 90s uh, funny animal community. And that was probably my introduction to the scene. I've just sort of been not really engaged, but, you know, I, I kind of jokingly call myself a furry ally where I've been for many years just sort of present and there and not very involved, just like hanging out and talking to people. And then I got to a point a few years ago where I'm like, there's, there seems, I don't know if there was a specific line that was crossed, but at some point 
you know, at what point do you go from like, oh, I'm just hanging out with furries and a lot of my friends are furries and sometimes I like to engage with them as a rabbit and uh, <laughs> I just think animals, talking animals are really fun. At some point it was like, all right, I guess, you know, it's time for me to stop like being cute about it. Like I'm just a part of this community as much as any of my other friends. So I guess I'm here too, you guys. <laughs> here I am. <laughs> And yeah, so, you know, to answer your question, that's a very long way to answer your question. How do furry communities find each other? The same way anybody else online, if you're into, I don't know, like uh, fancy shoes or the Lion King or any other of a million things, you find yourself uh, talking to people on Twitter or something else because you like the same thing. And all of a sudden, you just find yourself in that echo chamber. That's amazing. I bet there's a lot of crossover to the people that like the Lion King and people who are furries. Like oh, yes. if if <laughs> yeah. if and when I go into this furry world VR situation, I'm definitely going to find like the Lion King room to hang out in. That's that sounds like my my furry niche. I feel like I don't think I've seen anything like that, which kind of surprises me. I have. You know why? Because everyone wants to be Simba and no one <laughs> really wants to be. Um, the, uh, what's the bird's name? I can't remember the bird's Zazu. name. Zazu. Zazu. No one's looking to be Zazu <laughs> in their fursuit. You know what I mean? So I think you could probably find like a Simba, Mufasa, maybe even Scar Room, some Nala. But as for Lion King theme, you know, who's being Pumbaa? Who's being Timon? It's just it gets right, complicated. Right. Mm-hmm. Are there any furries that aren't furry? Like, are there furry whales and like furry <laughs> oh, elephants? Yeah, sure. Oh, there okay. are a variety of materials. Uh, so furry pool toys is a big thing. I mean, I, I, I hesitate mm. to even call them furries because they're not furry, but they are. They're part of the community. Did you say um, pool toys? Yes. So, <laughs> Just like, checking. Ma- made of inflatable, made of latex or rubber, whatever. And they've got a nozzle. And yeah, so there's there's that. There's scalies. Um, there's a lot of like avians. Wow. There is one guy who is a roach, kind of like tongue in cheek. Um, but yeah, and, and, and the aliens and it just, you know. Wait, aliens? Wh- oh, for sure. Yeah. No, that seems like a different fetish. Okay. I'm drawing the line at aliens. <laughs> <laughs> aliens is its own, like there's tentacle porn and then there's, there's extraterrestrial. They're not furries. I'm drawing the line. I, you know what? I'm going to say. Down. The, the furry fandom is is intersectional, and uh, you'll find it crossing over with just about. I mean, here's the nice thing about like furries is that like it crosses over with so many other different things. Like my partner will be like looking over my shoulder sometimes while I'm uh, I'm doing air quotes investigating uh, this community. <laughs> And he'll be like, okay, this is a furry, but it's also inflatable. And it's also got a link to, I don't know, like Star Trek. And, uh, you know, like you start to see so many blendings, so many like Franken fetishes. And they're not, to be clear, it's not all sexual, but much of the community, like any community is. You just see these like kind of Franken creations of personas that that blend a lot of stuff. We also have in Seattle a really big merfolk community. So that's, mm. you know, probably adjacent. I wouldn't say it's furry, but it's kind of, it's, you know, right next door. Merfolk? Yeah, yeah. What about who- centaurs? Um, well, you uh, may see, or may not merfolk be familiar. merfolk and centaurs, again, feel like a different category for me. I think these are all folks who like if you if you were to look at like the neighborhood, the fandom or sub community neighborhood, I think you'd have like the the centaur cul-de-sac and the merfolk cul-de-sac and I don't know, the metabods <laughs> cul-de-sac and then what? What is a metabod? 
I'm ignorant. It's a it's a body. Gosh, we're really we're we're going in a lot of different directions here. Right. So I'm sorry to like <laughs> listeners who are trying to keep notes, but. Um, <laughs> Uh, basically any sort of like, I don't know, transhuman body that has been altered. So like, this is where oh. you put the boitars, which is basically like a centaur, except without the horse parts, it's got m- multiple human parts. Or you get oh. like stacking, which is like pecs upon pecs upon pecs upon pecs. Ooh. You know, atomic muscle, which is like the giant muscle stuff. You know, all that kind of stuff. Macro and micro. There's there's hmm. there's lots of different flavors. So all of these things kind of like there's a rich web <laughs> where all of the different <laughs> body modification or transformation interests uh interconnect. And again, this is just like one niche of a niche. Like there's a lot of furries yeah. who are just like, this isn't my thing. But that's the, <laughs> kind of the worlds, those those are the worlds that I find fascinating to investigate. My takeaway is that Allie's a racist and and that's okay. What? You know, she wants to exclude. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm just yeah, kidding. sure. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> She's racist against mer people and centaurs. Yeah, but here's the thing. I love you know? mer people and centaurs. Mm. I just think they need their own separate but equal space. What's the problem? What's the problem? What's the problem? <laughs> Getting back into sort of the recent developments with VR and the pandemic, Mm -hmm. uh, what are some of the boundaries that furries are pushing in this space? So one of the most incredible stories that I've heard is from one of the friends that I made in VR was describing how, and we're going to get very like graphic and adult here, he was describing how he was in in VR, which means there's a lot of different ways you can do VR. You can do it like strictly like from your from your PC, from your Windows IBM PC compatible machine, just sitting there like you're using Excel, except you're in VR on the monitor, and you know it's it's like you're playing a, like a first person shooter or something like that. You could do it that way. You could have something strapped to your face. You could have even more elaborate rigs where you have like tactile things on your body. But he was in VR and he was having sex with somebody in v- like his avatar was having sex with another person's avatar together and what they had managed to do because they're big old nerds like a lot of furries is they had figured out ways to connect the essentially the stream of data that was coming from this vr environment to physical sex toys that they both were using now these folks were on opposite sides of the planet one was in california one was in i think denmark they were in the same space virtually in cyberspace and so they were connecting they're touching each other there like you wouldn't like second life or something like that and that physical contact or that digital electronic contact would trigger uh, a dildo in one and a cock sleeve in the other and so they could trigger physical sensations from you know thousands of miles apart and so you know it was just one of the one of the stories that i heard that made me realize oh wow people are really pushing the boundaries and 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 going in the you know trying new things with uh teledildonics which has been around for like i think like two or three decades at this point but the immersion that is now possible with vr with consumer vr i think for the first time not only is this stuff accessible to people who have like just a couple hundred bucks to blow but it is also hackable so if you have just a little bit of technical expertise you can start inventing you can do like you know in your garage experimentation to try to invent the sexual future that you want to see. So would you say that furries are really doing that? They're hacking the tech in their garages to create the sexual revolution that they want to see? Absolutely. That's exactly what's happening. Yeah. These, a lot of these folks are just like casual amateur hackers who are literally physically taking objects apart, like sex toys apart. There's some companies that have been really, uh, Lovence is one of them, a company that has been very generous with making their, their SDK, which is like the, the brains and the guts of their 
technology. They've made that stuff. They've opened it up and made it accessible to to folks who are just a little bit more technically inclined. So you can take stuff apart. You can recode things. You can connect devices that were never meant to talk to each other. You can make them talk to each other. And this is exactly what furries are doing. Um, they're, you know, I was hanging out. Literally, I was in VR recently, just standing on a rooftop and you know, with some other furries and there's like a giant dog standing next to me. There's a lizard over there. There's, you know, a wolf and a, a fox talking to each other. And this sort of bat creature arrives and he has sort of this like gleeful, jubilant tone to his voice. And what became clear is that he, like the physical operator, the pilot, whatever you want to call it, of this avatar had a sex toy inserted and there were triggers that were causing like, it, it, you know, physical interactions with him rather than making his controller vibrate it was making you know components that were inside of his body vibrate and he invented that yeah do you remember (laughs) in like math class in middle school they were like if a ball is dropped from 20 stories high and it bounces how high will the next bounce be and these are supposed to be like the relatable real world examples and those are just not motivating i think we need to redo textbooks i think Mm. kids would be learning technology and hacking shit if we just made it all about sex what do you think If a dildo leaves San Francisco at 28 (laughs) miles per hour. No, if a dildo is in a butthole, okay, (laughs) in San Francisco, and there's a man in the Netherlands who wants that dildo, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. really, the motivators are all wrong. So I think we can we can solve the furries can solve education is what I'm talking about. (laughs) You've actually you've hit on like an actual real concern, which is network latency and like the delay between like somebody's doing something over here. I mean, it's the thing that we all experience over Zoom where someone's like starts to talk and they're like, oh, oh, no, you go ahead. No, no. uh, Sorry. And they both say like, oh, wait, you go uh, at the same time. Like this kind of thing can happen sexually uh, if there's some delay on the network. I have a brief uh, technical question here because a lot of that has been solved in video games where the speed of reaction times and two players competing or working together is critical. So briefly... um, what platform are we talking about? Is this VR chat or is it something else? There's there's multiple platforms that people can do it on. Um, so like I said, you could do it like on your computer. You can do it like with a headset. Uh, I have an Oculus Quest uh, or Quest 2. What software? Like what environments? So there's a couple. VR chat is the one that I've primarily looked at. But um, mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to say like there's anything too th- that's too locked into one platform or another. I, I find VR chat, like if folks are looking to just dive in, VR chat is where the largest user base is. So mm-hmm. it's where you're the most likely to find people. And VR chat is just like a piece of software where it's like a socializing platform like Second Life or, you know, like a lot of other, it's like a forum that you can walk around. But it's not a great place for discovering, like if you just walk in there, if you just like load it up, it can be hard to find new people. Mm-hmm. So really the key is making connections with people and making plans with them outside of VR, I find. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, being like, all right, well, I'll see you at 6 p.m. my time zone, you know, 3.30 a.m. your time zone or whatever. <laughs> and making the plans offline and then meeting up in VR chat or there, there's other platforms, but VR chat's a big one. But, but briefly on the technical side, how malleable is the VR chat as software? Meaning sometimes these games or, or environments, the developers are like, yeah, add, add whatever you want or modify it however you want. And sometimes they're super locked down. So do these creators need to really 
literally hack their way in or are the tools available to do all this stuff? Are they readily available? Yeah, so um, VRChat is pretty good about making it possible for you to create your own avatar and create your own world. You do need to have some level of technical like it's it's not easy enough that anyone could just like jump in and like it's a it's a easy to use character creator like you need some familiarity with unity and stuff like that but vrchat has made it um they've made an sdk available so if you're comfortable loading something like that into unity and fussing around with it then uh yeah vrchat does invite people to create worlds create avatars uh and and fuss around with uh the um with basically the, the the technical guts Right, right. Connect that hardware to it mm-hmm. the way you'd connect a keyboard or a game controller, but uh, but then also you're connecting uh, sex sex toys. That's uh, I love I love how open that is. I I didn't I don't know enough about VR Chat to know their stance on this kind of stuff, technically speaking. Yeah, and you can like there there are limits to that as well. Like VR Chat doesn't want you to be running mods uh, on on your PC, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, there are ways that you can uh, exceed the limits of what they want you to do. So it's just a matter of like familiarizing yourself with what's allowed on the platform and what's not. We talked about furries hacking the tech. How are sex companies responding? Um, so the ones that I've spoken to love this because they're, I I will say this about the furry fandom is they're rather dedicated. So, um, you have here a really intense user base who, uh, is eager to try new stuff. Um, so the company that I reached out to, uh, Lovens, which makes uh, a whole bunch of different, um, uh, uh, sleeves like cock sleeves, um, butt plugs, uh, masturbators, all this kind of stuff. Um, they're they're absolutely over the moon that there is a group of people who wants to try new stuff. Uh, they're also aware that there are a lot of um, you know limitations. There's a lot of sex negative uh, stigma around this kind of topic, and there's a lot of companies that are like that do not want to be associated with this with with anything sexual. Um, so uh, the the sex toy companies themselves are like. Awesome. Great. You want to play with our stuff? You want to create a new market? You want to invent something with our thing? You want to, you know, spend hundreds of dollars on butt plugs from us? Cool. Great. Go right ahead. They've been very savvy about the purchasing power that is contained within that, uh, the the entire furry economy. Are you finding that as the, like, Lovins finds out what people are doing with it, are, is there a lot of interaction? Like they're asking, Hey, could you make something like this? And then, you know, weeks or months later, something like that comes on as an available thing. Is there like collaboration between the community and, and the sex companies? I haven't seen like really direct collaboration. Um, for sure they're listening, but I would say that the the pace of innovation with a um with a large company is going to be a lot slower than garage hackers. So, you know, because they've got a lot more concerns about like, you know, something has to be like economically scalable for a sex toy company. They can't just be like, hey, let's try this. Did it work? No? Oh well, it doesn't matter. Uh in the way that, you know, somebody just like fooling around uh on their own can try something if it doesn't work then that's fine so i'll say like the the furries i think are are experimenting and moving a lot faster than uh than companies are and maybe even more on the software side it's easier to do something like that than than obviously on the hardware side if you've like spent months developing a butt plug that vibrates when someone like blows into their microphone or something then yeah. if no if that's not how it works that was a great idea lindsay and you heard it here 
You know, <laughs> you're you're welcome, everyone. <laughs> Definitely, like there are uh, Discord um, servers that I've gotten on that I've been invited to, where there's just folks there. They're on every night fooling around in unity they're all screen sharing with each other and it's this big collaborative space and everyone's like extremely geographically dispersed uh thousands of miles apart from each other but they're all kind of looking over each other's shoulders every night to be like hey what are you working on what's this what are you doing over here so you know i, I showed up in one like you know I'm, I'm hanging out in a cabin in the woods with a friend and somebody like one of his friends arrives and he's found a way to reskin his character so that it looks like he's made of mesh um like he's <laughs> His body is like this giant, muscular, burly wolf, and but his skin is um, – it looks kind of like a chain-link fence. And so he can open up his body, and another character can be contained within his avatar. So it looks like he's kind of captured you and put you in a little, uh, in a little cage uh, that is his moving physical body. And, you know, just like – that's the kind of like weird experimentation that you never know what you're going to find. I feel like the things that furries are developing has extremely high crossover potential for other communities that have been a part of this show in the VR world. Like that's amazing. Yeah, it's interesting because VR allows a lot of these really fantastical things to take off. So a very recent episode we did was Vor, which is about swallowing people whole mm-hmm. and sometimes shooting them back out as semen. Just thought I'd throw mm -hmm. in that detail. And that's not possible in the real world, but it's interesting that VR it's is allowing not? for fantastical things. <laughs> Lindsay, anything you dream, it can be yours. Thank you. I was actually like, as, as some folks were showing me around when I was kind of new to VR, uh, one of the worlds that they took me to was uh, you arrive, like you, you show up. When you go to a world, you just kind of like spawn and like poof, you're there. And you see everybody else spawning in around like poof, 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 poof. They all appear because you're all going in the same place. We're standing in a bus. Just looks like kind of a normal kind of low poly bus looking around and I can see outside the bus is just on the street in the city and looking out the windows of the bus, there's a giant fox, like huge skyscraper sized fox uh, who's out there and he is reaching down and picking up the bus and lifting it up into the air towards his mouth and he pushes the bus as, while you're standing inside it, you, you, <laughs> all of us are in there, he pushes the bus into his mouth. And swallows it and you can see like his teeth going past and his throat and down into his stomach and then the bus starts to fill with like this green fluid that's supposed to be i guess stomach acid so you there you go you've got the full wow. experience right there Wait, you can that is unbelievable though Wild. that like it's programmed in to even allow that to happen like the program doesn't just build an avatar the insides of the being are there i'm not, i'm oh. conf I, i'm what yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it really like you know, if you can, if you can just like get the hang of a simple three D modeling software, uh, which you know, I think it takes. It might take like a couple hours of like poking around and fiddling and and trying to get the hang of it, but really, the sky's the limit on on what you can build. Uh, whatever, whatever whatever vision you have and this is what makes vr so exciting is because like i was saying it's really like in the last year or two maybe three that the technology has become so accessible uh and so um pleasant to use like it used to be that it, the frame rate was really low and so you get kind of nauseous um but now like i think the quest is like 300 bucks so not nothing but not you know it's not thousands uh, and the frame rate's really fast and it's really responsive. It's easy to pick up and learn the, the controllers. So yeah, this is like, we're really the first time where, where it's possible for folks not only to 
dive into these worlds, but also make them themselves. I'm imagining that during the pandemic, there were a lot of people who probably didn't interact as furries at cons and things like that. But because there's like, you know, you're in your house and there's a VR now community that's growing. Uh, it seems like there might be a lot of people who are doing this for the first time, like becoming furries in this VR world. Have you seen that? Um, and are people like asking questions now the world's opening up a little bit about how to do it outside of VR? You know, I wish there was like an official furry census that could like say, oh, the numbers have really <laughs> gone up this year. Well, that's uh, your beat. I think it's time for you to create the census. Yeah, Maybe. I think we know someone who's on the furry beat and it's you. I so I wrote a, a, a maybe like a year or so ago about um furry academics like the the folks who are like basically created the field of furry studies uh these are folks in um you know universities who actually do like the scientific uh, analysis of what the community is doing um and I wouldn't be surprised like this is a good time actually I think to check in with them now that cons are kind of coming back hopefully fingers crossed um see like what's the what's the attendance going to be like are there are there a lot of new folks because for sure they've been using vr to take the place of the cons like in the last year there have been a lot of like virtual furry conventions um you know where they will literally rebuild the hotels where they used to hold them um there's one guy i interviewed who called the convention center posing as a contractor so he could get the exact (laughs) measurements the exact dimensions of the space so he was able to get the floor plants and everything and build the the whole thing in in virtual reality and then hold a virtual convention there and you know it's, it's not the same experience but it's still fun you still have like the room parties the dealer's dens all that all that you know just like dance parties and hanging out i love the dedication it's like you are in a virtual space. You can create anything you want, but you just use a convention hall that you like the most from a con that you've been to and recreate that. <laughs> yeah. I think the more time goes on, I think the more imaginative these things are going to get. So you'll see, like you do see the really faithful recreations of stuff like, I don't know, the Kennedy Space Center or something like that. That's one place that I went to in VR. Um, but then, <laughs> you know, there's another place called Hat World where it's just a big square it's a big box in the middle of space with a giant party hat hanging over it and you press a button and party hats start raining down and everyone can put on a party hat and just stand there having a good time putting on a party hat and like music will play and just hang out i've been saying this for so many episodes but i need to get on vr (laughs) it's great and like i said you could just do it from your computer you don't need the headset the headset i think the headset's a great experience but the headset like if i I, I want to do it i want to go all in the the I think I want the, the butt plug. I want the headset. <laughs> they are sold separately, but yeah, no, they all they all can go together. Facebook does not sell an Oculus butt plug. When are they going to recognize that sex leads the way and really do these kind of partnerships? I'm half kidding, half not. Like if they sold a headset with a butt plug together, mm. or like what what did you call it with the the dick sheath or whatever, pe- people would be buying that package. Bump bump. You're right, but also there's a problem here because the, the leading sex. consumer uh, VR company today in 2021 is Facebook. And Facebook is an advertising business and advertising does not mix with sex. So- I know, I know. But it's also just sort of funny. It's like we all pretend that nobody has sex, even though that's how all <laughs> yeah. humans were made. But okay, let's go back to some of the sexy stuff. You talked about the sheets, the butt plugs. I also read in your article that there might be the ability soon to kind of do some group work 
where you could control multiple devices at once. But mm-hmm. I want to know when our tactile suits coming. What like what do you think are the next frontiers and how our furries going to lead the way? So I think there's a whole bunch of next frontiers. Like the exciting thing about this is like it's all branching in all these different directions. So some people are working on the software, some people are working on the hardware. Like on one hand, you're going to see people who are just purely storytellers and they're not technical. They just have a knack for creating a good, sexy situation and they will author <laughs> the scenarios that are created by the folks who are more talent uh, or skill when it comes to like actually doing the clicky clicky with the computer. So that's one field. I think like to answer your question about like tactile suits, that's here. It's real early, but those exist. It's like a vest and I think you can get like some arm stuff that you like kind of strap on and the tech isn't great it's expensive uh it's heavy and cumbersome but it you can... freezes a lot i yeah <laughs> so i haven't experienced it myself but it's not great so that's an area for growth let's say uh, for growth i like the idea of someone getting like a real sweet hand job and then the tech freezes <laughs> right. oh no that's 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 gonna happen that's like waiting to happen in a sitcom yeah. i mean it kind of already did happen in um what's that that amazon show upload? where he's like yes upload yeah yeah they had a tactile suit i mean how close are we to being in danger of living in a ready player one world though where people are so you know attached and committed to their tech that they like forget how to interact in person I don't think uh, uh, far away is the answer, I think, to that. Like, you know, nobody knows the future, but I think, you know, people are not going to forget how to interact with each other. Like, I haven't seen, literally, I've been writing for The Stranger for over a year, and we just started having our first in-person meetings um, maybe like two or three weeks ago. I haven't met my coworkers uh, until then. Like, I literally had never face-to-face met some of the people that I worked with. And when we just started making out. Exactly. It was a huge orgy. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) When we went back into the office, I was like, is this going to be weird? And it was weird for, like, approximately 30 seconds and then it's like oh yeah interacting with people and hanging out with people and having a meeting whatever uh so i don't think i i think vr will continue to get more exciting and immersive and pleasurable uh but i don't think we're ever gonna have like i don't know like a matrix situation where we're just like vegetables who are in there all the time i I, you know there's always the risk of um people getting having problematic behavior but i think that's going to be like the vast exception you know, rather than the rule. Uh, it also seems like furries are a very touchy-feely community for, oh, yeah. you know, so it's unlikely that they're going to prioritize VR over interpersonal. But it yeah. does sound like it's pretty cool. Like, you could have sex with someone in Zurich and be living in Tacoma. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's going to be good, Lindsay, for when those applications start rolling in for our husbands and they're just across the world. Truly. <laughs> right. If if you can get me off from around the world. And, if anyone heard you know, our last episode, Jen, uh, <laughs> Lindsay and I are accepting applications for husbandry. For lifetime partnership. <laughs> Wait, isn't husbandry like animals? Isn't that like something totally yes, different? that's raising animals. We're not doing that. <laughs> Why? Well, Unless they're, they're a furry. A furry then. And then it- <laughs> <laughs> so we talked about some of the fantastical stuff like eating a bus into it. What are some of the other ways that VR is letting different communities live their best lives? Like I'm assuming like tentacles are there, talons, like nothing's off limits in VR. So what are the crazy ways that people can fuck in VR? 
Really, the sky's the limit. Um, one of the more fun worlds that I found myself in was um, it's like kind of a size manipulation world where there's this weird, I, it's hard to really describe what it is. You appear on this um, plane, kind of floating in space. And so you're standing on this like square of, you know, of land. And in the center is a little box, a little pedestal that's just kind of like in the in the middle of this uh, plane that you've arrived on. A pedestal st- is sticking up and it has something something on top. And as you get closer, you can see that what's on top of this pedestal is a recreation of the plane that you're standing on. And if you look close, you can see a tiny little version of yourself that is moving along with you on this pedestal. Uh, and if you turn around and look behind you, you can see a giant version of yourself standing behind you. And so a lot of folks who want to spend time in a world like this have uh, interests involving size play, but there was a whole crowd in there uh, this one night that I was there, and there were some giant avatars who had found ways to basically trick the software into thinking that their hands were chairs and treating their hands as chairs. So what that meant is that they could lower their hands down to the ground. These giants could lower their hands down to the ground, and then you could essentially touch their hand and the software would be like, oh, he's just touched a chair. That means he wants to sit in it. And that would allow you to sit in their hand uh, through this like kind of silly hack where a hand is, is a chair, but it looks like a hand. And then you could sit in their hand. They can lift you up and carry you around and dangle you over their mouth or thrust you between their legs or whatever they want to do. So that's, I mean, that's one example of the sort of like strange sexually adventurous environments that, that are possible. I will say VRChat does prohibit nudity and pornography, but I think this is a world where the Wait, boundaries of those what? things <laughs> I think is fuzzy. So VR, VRChat, like one of the rules is pornography and nudity is not allowed. And you can't publicly share stuff that's sexually explicit. But so you can have something like this microfile, macrophile fantasy that is clearly sexually sexual in nature, even though it might not look exactly like genitals might not even be a part of the the scenario but there's clearly something sexual happening so i I don't know like i don't know what the what the rules are going to be and as honestly as long as people aren't causing a stink about it and and doing things publicly and and they're keeping it to themselves and it's all consensual i don't think they're going to get i don't think they're going to get noticed uh i don't think anyone's Mm going to cause a you know expose them for for what they're doing for being exposed for being yeah so and you know and if you really do want to do like sexual stuff there there are other platforms besides vr chat that do not have the user base but uh, are a little bit more permissive in what they allow is there anything that worries you about these technological advancements i don't think this world is any more dangerous than the fantasies of, you know, going out to the bar or indulging your fantasy in a role play in a forum or on Twitter or whatever. Like, obviously, there are ways that people can take it too far. They can be jerks to each other. They can use it to as a way to avoid topics that they, you know, or maybe better dealt with the therapist. But that's the case with anything on the internet. So, you know, I, I think my worries with VR are the same as my my mental health worries for any other platform be good to each other don't be an asshole and uh if you feel like i don't know this is taking over your life in some way which i I don't think there's any evidence that it is more likely to do that than anything else but if it does seem like it's becoming unhealthy i think it's important for people to just gut check themselves and be like am i spending too much time on this or am i engaging in in behavior that is 
you know, making me unhappy or making other people unhappy in the long run. But you know what? That could be, you know, somebody like role-playing teen wolf scenarios on Tumblr too. So, <laughs> you know, same, same concerns I have for any um, online online community or fandom. Yep. Scrolling the Facebook newsfeed too much uh, is bad for your health. Exactly. Your yeah. Health. I think it's important just for, for your own mental health. Like it's important to have like days off where you're like, you know what? I'm just going to step away and see what life is like without this for a moment. Just to do a little check in with myself and be like, do I really need this? Do I like life better? Are there things that I enjoy better than this? And if the answer is no, I really love this VR experience and I want to spend more time here. Cool. Great. Now, you know. Yeah, I love that. Okay. This has been obviously so fascinating. And to anyone who is starting out at a podcast, you should make sure that everyone's first episode is about furries because it's great. Um, (laughs) But I just want to know, as we close out with you, Matt, I want to know what is the best world or room virtually that someone who hasn't ventured into the furry VR world should go to? What's the most welcoming place, the one that they're going to have the most fun in? Here's what I'll say is there is a group that does uh, VR karaoke once a week. Uh, I think it's like either Friday <laughs> or Saturday night. Basically, you need a little invitation to join them. And it's good to have like kind of a tour guide for your first couple times in VR. Just so you know, you know your way around and somebody showing you around and can vouch for you. But if you can find those folks who are doing like a karaoke night, that's a it's a very fun way to just get into it, have a good time. It's not too salacious and sexy. In fact, it's not really sexy at all. It's just people hanging out and being cool. That's a good way just to dip your toe in the water. Nice. Thanks. Yeah. It starts with the toe. It's exactly. <laughs> and then and then then you get then it's onto foot stuff. Great. <laughs> It always starts with the toes. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for joining us. This has been so much fun, so enlightening. I'm so excited for people to use teledildonics in a sentence (laughs) much more frequently. Yeah, I can't wait to see this become just more widespread, more adaptation, uh, more adoption. And uh, the, the future, like, it's evolving week to week. People are coming up with new stuff. So it's an extremely exciting time to be keeping an eye on this world. Amazing. I love Matt. I like him more than you guys, and I'm going to start a podcast with him. So, bye. Honestly, that podcast would be really interesting, and I would listen. (laughs) Oh, oh, you're talking about Matt B., the the guest. I'm sorry. Yeah, fuck you, Matt Silverman. Okay. Okay, (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, I pride myself in being a connoisseur of all things sort of odd. And when someone can just throw out a ton of terms I've never heard of, (laughs) I I bow down, you know? Yeah, I am the opposite and I am just extremely curious all the time. So literally I had to restrain myself from asking for more explanation about basically every single thing that he said. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. For anyone who wants more background on furries generally, first of all, there are tons of sources, but our very first episode is about furries. So once again, I will direct listeners there because that interview was wonderful and was with this guy named Dominic who made a whole documentary about furries and then took me to a furry party. <laughs> I think I remember when you went to that. Yeah, it was uh, it was a thing I talked about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, it's, it's a thing you know, I still talk I f- about. I went to a furry party. You're extremely furry curious. And I think that furious, you know, mm, you're furious. <laughs> you're fast and fur- furry. It, did, yeah. it didn't work, but I tried. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be the 28th installment of the the Fast and the Furious series. <laughs> Fast and Furious. There's got to be a parody. Come on, they're, let's make that parody. 
it must, it must exist already. But like, you know, Vin Diesel is, you know, a giant fox and he's just <laughs> driving all these cars very, very fast yeah. as a fox. And then, you know, somebody is chasing him and they're, you know, a 325 pound man dressed as a bunny. It's going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kids will love it. Adults will love it. Furries are drunk off to it. <laughs> Lindsay, I think you're very good about the weird because I feel like when I see a weird event, I'm like, Lindsay, will you go with me to this? It's been a little weird with quarantine, but I feel like to some extent I moved to L.A. and it's like if I saw some weird shit, I invited Lindsay. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm very much a say yes person mm-hmm. to the point where I have to be like, do you even is have time to go to this weird party? <laughs> oh, I asking safe is the last thing, which will truly terrify all my friends and family. But like, <laughs> is this safe is the last thing I wonder about. I like, I'm, and I know this about myself. I don't ask enough, like, functional questions. Like, how many people are going to be there? What are these people like? Is it look, safe? <laughs> you agreed You agreed to this bullshit and look what you've gotten yourself into. So yeah, here, truly, here we are. what am I doing? Well, also there was that time during the pandemic where you and I were both really tempted to go to this crazy speakeasy in the woods where they claimed they were checking if you had COVID or not. And we bought sequin masks. And then at the last minute, I was like, I don't think we can do this. <laughs> yeah, no, we were, were literally together. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say murdered. Mm, oh, both. That's all too. of the above. We would, they would cough on us just to kill us with COVID. <laughs> but mm-hmm. like we... We were, we had actually met up that day and we were like, okay. And then we're like, hell no, we ain't going to this party. We we haven't even seen people that we already know and like. Why we gotta go to the woods with some damn strangers? Just absolutely not. We just got excited Mm -hmm. that someone seemed to be having a safe party. And then we were like, fuck. I know. And it just sounded so fun to go to a party. But anyway, but... Today, the day we're recording is the day California reopens. So it won't be by the time you hear this episode, but today is a really big fucking day. It is. But to be fair, we have not reached community immunity, y'all. So if you... You should all be still wearing your masks. And we're not yes. going to. Here is the thing that I really love about society right now, okay? The far right and the far left have really come together. Because, you know, one side believes in Q, the other believes in crystals, and they both won't let us reach community immunity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's true. It's but, like, but, And I know I say this every time we talk about this, but like... When I am vaccinated and my children are also vaccinated, then have fucking fun. You know, but, kids yeah. is a whole uh, another I ball can't, game. I, I, our, we cannot live our, our full regular back to normal lives until everyone that I know and love is vaccinated. And, and some of them can't be if they're under 12. So September, October, we're, we're hoping. And then officially... I think we will stop wearing masks, we and our family. But like here in New York, in the suburbs too, it's just like, just do whatever the fuck you want, I guess, is the current guidance, because ain't nobody wearing masks here. Like, people who prepare food and restaurant, like, it's just like, hey, it's all back. And I'm like, yeah. not for us. It's so yeah. interesting, because, like, no offense, but that's not my world. And so I have no, to it, be no, reminded that people with kids are kind of still in it. But right. yeah. for and the also, rest like- of us... <laughs> Any strangers am I going to make out with tonight? Seven. No, I don't know. And you can because you 
two vaccinated are people vaccinated. can do whatever they want together. Well, they that's to awesome. I'd have to find well, f- seven different yeah. men whatever they to want together. Yeah, mm-hmm. together. Yes. Yes. It's, so yeah, but okay. So sorry to burst your bubble about. <laughs> reopening and also everyone let's just all agree to wear masks on planes unless we're eating or drinking do it you won't get sick i'm gonna do it just Mm -hmm. get vaccinated Mm -hmm. all the people who refuse to get vaccinated i think we should make people show their vaccine cards because the only thing that's gonna do is make other people feel pressured to go get theirs yeah Mm -hmm. well i mean i'm not saying you're gonna get covid on a plane i'm saying you're just gonna get sick you're yeah. going to get regular yeah, snotty-ass shit in your face. <laughs> apparently, like, normal flu and other sicknesses have gone down because everybody was wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a flu season this year because yeah. everyone so was wearing I'm a mask. So I'm not opposed to people continuing to wear them Big in fan. certain situations. Yeah. Honestly, some of these guys out here, you're going to get a lot more numbers because the bottom half of your face isn't that great. But you have beautiful Whoa, eyes. Here we wow. go. <laughs> It's, it's the new beard. With a mask. I can attract Masks way more the new men beard. with a mask on. <laughs> yeah. Masks there you the go. New beard. Okay, wait, question. It's wait, sort we've of talked, wild when you don't know what to do. We've talked about like. this, Allie. Yeah. Would you date slash get serious slash get married to a guy if you've never seen him unshaven? And then follow up question Would you get n- a number from someone who you didn't see the bottom of their face? A My answer unseen? is yes to both. Okay. Cool. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't. Your answer was not yes. Your answer was not always yes. Me? Am I wrong? No, my answer is yes. Because first of all, if they have a beard, and that's how I know them, and we get married, and we're deeply in love, and then one day they shave their beard, and I'm like, "You look like an alien. Grow your beard back." End of story. Mm-hmm. And a dude with a mask can get my number, no problem. That doesn't mean we'll like keep dating if he takes mm-hmm. off his mask and he like doesn't have a mouth. <laughs> what if your husband, love of your life, father of your children, says, no, I, I, I like clean shaven now. If he's the love it. of my life, then who cares? Yeah. Good. I mean, at a certain point, everybody's looks change. You know what I mean? I mean, maybe not as dramatically as you had a beard and, and now you had a beard for 20 years and now you don't have yeah, a beard. That is pretty dramatic. Yeah, my face is going to wrinkle but... and fall off. So, you know, yeah, you better stay with me when that happens. Like, what if he's really fugly when the beard comes off? Like, really? <laughs> Matt's like really pushing late. for this. <laughs> too late. Okay, Matt. First of all, if if something like that could alter your love for someone, your love ain't that deep. You know, Matt, anything uh, could happen. Silly. They could be in a dramatic fire. I was just gonna say, let's mm. flip this around, Matt. Your wife. I don't even want to say this. She gets disfigured. Okay, what do you do? What do you do, Matt? Do you leave her? <laughs> Drop that shit. <laughs> wow. You know, she's over here being like, I would stay with Matt even <laughs> for even if he only had one tooth and was unwilling to get dentures. And you're like, forget it. She lost an arm. She's gotta go. By the way, I spent go. way too much time online during the pandemic, and I've decided that my greatest fear in life is I get in a horrible car accident and I have to get a face transplant. Ooh. That's my new fear. <laughs> it's very <laughs> unlikely, so it's, it's good that your life is, is, you know, pretty good. Like, my, my greatest fear <laughs> is 
not being able to work at all and being homeless. Like, I feel like <laughs> that could happen to anybody. No, the likelihood that you need a face transplant you is, would is terrible. You live on my couch for a little bit till you got mm. on your feet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh you wouldn't gosh, be homeless. You. you have too many friends. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I also have too many jobs, so it's okay. Mm. Yeah, you have too many jobs. It's time to head on out of here. If you enjoyed today's episode, uh, please tweet us. Let us know. I'm at Ali, A-L-L-I, underscore, G-O-L-D-I. And I am the Lindsay Life on all platforms. Guys, since my first episode, I really figured out what my TikTok was. And it is also the Lindsay Life. T-H-E-L-A-N-D-S-U-I. Unity. You can also leave us a voicemail. We love hearing your voice. It's shocking to me every time because in my head, nobody's listening. And then strangers are listening from around the world. And I'm so sorry for the English vocabulary that you are learning on this show. Anyway, if you would like to leave us a voicemail, that number is... 347-871-6548. That number again, 347-871-6LIT. You can also visit our Discord, discord.gg slash 2G1P. We also finally have a Facebook group, so go on Facebook, search for Two Girls, One Podcast, and we will pop right up. And if you enjoy this show, please, please, please visit patreon.com slash 2G1P. I can't cannot stress enough how much we don't really make much money from this podcast <laughs> if any so nope. please go to patreon.com slash 2g1p even if you just give a dollar that would be so wonderful and i think that's it so we will all see you next time bye two girls one podcast is hosted by lindsey ford and allison goldberg then sent as a vibration to strangers in VR chat. I mean produced and edited by Matt Silverman in New York City. Production assistance is provided by the Podglomerate. This show is a production of The Daily Dot, the number one source for in-depth reporting about life on the internet. The Podglomerate, a sonic universe. And if someone wants to jerk off to that and pay me a dollar, that's a great story.